0: We've talked on so many occasions about managing our well-being, and today
1: we're tackling sleep, or lack thereof. Oh my goodness. As a parent and an entrepreneur, there are so many things that keep me up at night, both personal and professional. Me too.
0: Let's talk through some of these things to see if we can finally put these concerns to bed. Literally. The Speakeasy Podcast, real talk about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing
1: creativity and business, we probably have an opinion on that.
0: No prohibitions.
1: Clearly, we have cocktails. What do you got in that tall glass there, Jen? <laughs> I've got some aviation gin, and it's a drink called Lady Boss, and I love it. It is so good. It is aviation gin,
0: we love you, Ryan Reynolds, with an ounce of lime juice and a little bit of simple syrup and ginger beer.
1: Oh, it's so beautiful. It's a really pretty color. And for for a topic of what keeps you up at night, a gin from Ryan Reynolds might be an answer. That's what keeps me up at night. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Ryan Reynolds, we like your gin. Okay, yeah. It's a beautiful drink. You guys should check it out. And we're excited about this particular topic because Karen and I, like many people in our situation, spend lots of wee hours staring at a clock. So I don't ever have trouble going to bed. I am not a night owl.
0: I am very happy cashing in at like, you know, 11. I'm not a burn the midnight whale person. If I really am worried about being prepared and being ready and on my game, I'd rather go to bed early and get up really, really early and work at like four in the morning. Because I'm awake anyway. Like four in the morning is when I'm awake.
1: Yeah. I have sleepless nights where I'm waking up at 3.30. By four o'clock, I finally give up and I'm out of bed. It happens all the time. Yeah. It's actually really good, though. Just like get up. Yeah. I've given up on just laying there
0: being frustrated.
1: Yeah. Because you do. You, You wake up feeling really frustrated and really sort of down... Downloading the things that happened in the day. I a few weeks ago, I woke up and I was frustrated with something that happened at work, and I was worried about a client deadline, and trying to do to do lists in my head. And before you know it, three thirty turns into five thirty, and yep, the birds are chirping. Yep, and then
0: all of a sudden, you fall asleep at five thirty, and you can't drag your butt out of bed at six. Right. So you might as well just give up.
1: Yep. So I'm I'm assuming again that um, we are not the only ones who are up at night that this is an entrepreneur problem? This is a parent problem?
0: It's anybody who, you know, carries a lot of stress with them, whether it's personal and professional, whether you're a parent or not. We all have whatever is deeply on our minds is deeply on our minds, regardless of what our payload is, for example. But I think it's a personal and professional mashup for me. I I tend to spiral. If, If a thing wakes me up, it then spirals into the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So it's you know, I wake up because I'm worried about a schedule issue or a client or something's coming up where I really want to make sure that my team feels prepared or cared for or acknowledged in a certain way. But then I start worrying that, oh, well, now I'm awake and I can't turn my brain off, so I won't be able to work out and then that won't make me feel good tomorrow.
1: And so it tends to be kind of a spiral. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's always it's always a spiral. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and in the middle of the night, things get bigger and bigger and bigger. hmm and when we were when we were talking about this topic, when you and I were planning, I think we decided that one of the big things that starts the spiral is pipeline. Yeah. Professionally.
0: Right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because, you know, when you're a high achiever, it's you can lay there at night and worry about pipeline, even when the pipeline really isn't the issue. But the thing is, is that it never turns off. Right. As soon as you have a big win, you can go, Oh man, I could celebrate that. But then you got to go get another one.
1: Yeah, pretty immediately, pretty immediately. And I always, you know, when I'm having a frustrated entrepreneur day, I think, gosh, wouldn't it be great to have one of those jobs where your paycheck just comes and you don't have to think about it? And it's not that we're worrying about payroll. It's not that I don't know where the paychecks are coming from, but but I'm always thinking about it. Right. Well, because you can't turn
0: it off if you if you slough off or get lazy about your pipe, your you know,
1: your your pipeline, then uh <laughs> It dries up. Yeah. I've got to imagine that um, professional fundraisers have the same problem. Mm -hmm. So even though they might not be entrepreneurs, they have a pipeline problem, too. And that's the, the single focus. And, you know, the thing I said to you earlier is the problem with the pipeline is that It's like crack or something. (laughs) Yeah. Because you can get a big win and you're like, yay, this is really exciting. And the next win, if it's just as big, it's only just as big. So you need a bigger win. (laughs) And then you need a bigger win. And you need them faster in order to not feel stressed about the pipeline. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Well, and I think that there is a thrill to winning. Right, sure.
0: But there's a thrill to competing for a project. There's a thrill to win to winning that project. And it's not just about the money, it's about feeling acknowledged that you two have been selected. So right. I think it's hard. I think that's something that absolutely keeps me up at night. And I think human resources used to keep me up at night more than it does now. Yeah. Um I think you and I have each been through enough, you know breakups and <laughs> professional breakups and things like that, that you know that they're going to happen, they're kind of not something you can control, and that if you try not to control them, then they don't feel like they have as much of a grasp on yeah. on you. i It's not that I don't lay in bed worrying about human resources, but I don't worry about... um getting hoodwinked quite as much as I used to.
1: Is that an appropriate
0: word? Can I say that word? You can say
1: hoodwinked. Why not? I don't know. I like it. Let's it I just check it wondered out.
0: whether it was a bad genesis that <laughs> would make me a bad
1: person for saying so. That's true. If, it's, if it is, we'll have to look that up and we'll have to take that out of our vocabulary because you have to do that. When you realize that a word has a a root that's not, not so great, you yeah. have to remove it from your vocabulary. That's the rule. I'm not worried about HR in the same way that I used to be. I used to be very worried that my staff was okay and how are they doing, et cetera, et cetera. Now the thing I worry about is logistics if something happens. People leave. That's fine. It's it's how the industry goes. A creative person will leave. You will find another creative person. Mm -hmm. That is okay and I've accepted that that happens. The thing about that that keeps me up is scheduling, yeah. right? And, and, oh, I might be slow on client projects, and then my billing might be off, and I have to put in some time to find a new person. So Because you never have that extra bit in your schedule to find a new person. Never. That's never something you have time for. There's never time in your schedule for most of the things you really need to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I used to spend a lot of time worrying about HR, but now i worry about it more in terms of the logistics to the whole and what that means right
0: what do you typically lay in bed awake about like from a personal standpoint what what's
1: the thing that oh i'm not remotely done with the professional ones oh shit never mind i want to ask <laughs> go ahead no um no the other the other professional thing that keeps me up quite a bit and it's ridiculous and it's a waste of my time is maybe a client has made a wrong decision or they're going down a wrong path. And I know that that's true. And I spent an hour in the middle of the night worrying about the wording on a client's headline because they were making a concession on a headline for a pretty big piece based on internal factors. And that concession for that headline would make it less of a useful piece for their audience. And I could see what internal factors were leading them to this concession And it was driving me crazy because it makes the piece not as good, not because I want the piece to be magical, but because I really want it to work for them. And we know that in order to work, it has to resonate with the audience, not with the internal people. I spent an hour in the middle of my night worrying about that. Mm, Lies. I spent a half an hour in bed worrying about that before I got up and wrote a six-paragraph email to articulate all of my concerns. I did not send the email at four in the morning. You'd be very proud of me, Um, but I had to get all my thoughts out, and that's just a a headline. Yeah. What? That's messed up. I've
0: done that too recently. I I lost a lot of sleep over a client project who they, for days and days and weeks, couldn't identify the right participants in their video. And it was unscripted storytelling, so we really needed the right people. And I got to the point where we were within a week of, of filming, and we didn't have anybody to film. And I I was certain that I cared more about their video than they did. And yeah. I didn't know. That is a very hard question to ask your client uh, because you don't want to accuse them of not caring, and so that, that kept me up a lot at night before I was able to come to um, a set of questions I could ask to really get underneath what was driving the disconnect internally for them. And so it, it helped put the project back on track,
1: but I lost a lot of sleep over that project because I can't be the one that cares the most. I know. And it is a bad idea to be the one that cares the most. But it's your reputation, too right
0: yeah while i absolutely care about my reputation it what it's not about i don't have much of an ego at all you know like sure ideas are just ideas and there's always another one and but but i i wanted to make sure i cared at the appropriate level <laughs> i mean if i perceive that i care the most out of between me and the client then um if i'm worried that they just don't care then i feel like i'm on the wrong side then it it starts to feel transactional sure and i don't ever want to be in that position
1: sure and i'm always there's this teeter-totter of care enough to do your best don't care so much that you are losing sleep and i see that in in the creatives at my office too that they care a lot about their product Mm -hmm. and and finding that balance between um what the client needs and what we need as producers, it, it's just an interesting an interesting place. How about personally? What's the thing that keeps you up the most personally? <laughs> um, hmm. I mean, worrying about my kids, right? There's a yeah. million things to worry about. It can be as small as one of the boys being unusually quiet for a half an hour. And my mom brain can invent a story yep. that is so disastrous about why he's being too quiet. Mm -hmm. that I've I've pretty much written the two-hour special on this terrible thing that happened to this family. I mean, it's (laughs) it's ridiculous. I don't know. How about you? I think
0: especially with kids, when you're raising humans that, um, you know, you can't control, (laughs) you can't control other humans. So, you know, you have to give them the breathing space and the living space to kind of evolve. And then you're kind of the
1: you're the cruise director, is yeah. what you
0: are. I was actually thinking of it as more like um, Pong. It's like you're just kind of keeping them within the boundaries. Oh, yeah,
1: there you go. <laughs> kind of like, oh, a little
0: over here, a little over here. But I think anytime you're dealing with, you're with like kids. The, sorry, you're like the bumpers. At, <laughs> yeah, The bumpers so we don't have gutter balls. That's right. <laughs> yes, or I am the gutter. Who knows? <laughs> I hope I'm not the parent that the, that's the gutter. But I, um, you know, I worry about I worry about my kids' well-being. So whether it's their their physical and mental safety, or whether it's just how they're doing, like you were saying, their mental well-being. Um, I just, you know, I'll have done a really great job with my kids if they turn out to be happy, healthy people.
1: Right. (laughs) You know. Right. And it's interesting because... (laughs) It sounds simple, doesn't it? It sounds so simple. But when you're in the middle of the minutia, the minutia seems really important, right? My um, middle son didn't get the class he wanted for his junior year, and we could easily play out how that would ruin his whole life. But you know what? It's not going to ruin his whole life. He switched around a couple of classes. It might not be 100% of what he wants, but six years from now, he's going to be fine. That's right. And we are probably not going to attribute the fall of the empire to that one class junior year that I did not get. Yeah. But it feels really
0: important at the time. Yeah. Sometimes I worry about um, whether I'm exposing my kids to enough variety of things that they'll go like, "Ooh, that was fun. I'd like to try more of that. Or like, what if I never expose my child to an experience that lights their soul on fire? Right. What if I just
1: don't know? You can't expose them to every experience on the planet. Right, but that's what I worry about. Of course. Of course it is. (laughs) Of course it is. We're not talking about logic and reason (laughs) in the middle of the night. No, talking about a rambling brain. Do you think you're up in the middle of the night because you have so many things on your to-do list both professionally and personally that you just need more time to do them and so the middle of the night is when that happens? Yeah, and I think that my brain while I
0: can fall into bed exhausted and go to sleep with no problem, even my dreams are reality based. Often I replay actual things or I or I play out things that haven't happened and Me too. so oh. Sometimes I wake up really exhausted cuz I've redone a whole day of work in my sleep. So, rather than just really letting my brain turn off. So, sometimes it just has more power over me than than my
1: will does to to get a good night's sleep. There are all kinds of people who could explain to us ways to get a better night's sleep. Mm-hmm. From giving up your screens and giving up your booze to improving your mattress and your pillow, there are lots of things you can do to good bedda- bedtime r- rituals. We know all these things. Yeah, It's not like we haven't tried them, right. read about them, guilted ourselves into them. Mm-hmm. We still have things that keep us up at night. Yeah. And I don't think anyone who is in charge of another person's well-being, whether that be a, at work. A work or at home or right. whatever it is, can get away without these kind of nights. You know, I don't think there's any reason
0: to be a martyr and suffer over them either um, and to put your own well-being at risk for that cause. But at the same time, um, you'd have to be made of stone if you didn't actually worry about the the responsibility that you bring to the environments that you interact with, whether it's home or work. So I have a rule that if I wake up before 3.30, I don't check my phone, but I do quickly turn on a meditation app. And it's just um, this very nice British voice talking me through things that lulls me back to sleep. Um, And and it has, you know, it's called Buddhify actually. And it's, it has several, several different styles of of listening, of meditation. So whether it's travel or anxiety associated with work or needing to go to sleep or stay asleep or go back to sleep. So it's got a lot of different things um, that you can subscribe to. But also, um, I use a tactic that you gave me forever ago. Um when well, you've you and I've mentioned it so many times, but you always you've always said, What's the worst that can happen? Solve for that, and then all the other problems are easier are than easier that. Are easier than that one. And so I will do that in the middle of the night. If there's something really keeping me up that I just can't shake, I use that.
1: So thank you. You're welcome. I got it from Dale Carnegie. It's not really my idea. <laughs> but it is so useful. I um, I, What I do is I I make it a rule that if I'm up in the middle of the night, the first place I go is outside. And I sit and I watch the backyard. And so in the m- middle of the winter, that means there has to be a blanket at the ready. So I have a spare blanket near the bed that if I know I'm waking up, I just grab it and take it with me. It's much more robust than any robe could ever be. And I will wrap myself up in the blanket and sit outside for as long as I can, just watching the out of doors, the clouds, the sky, the animals, the wind, and see what that can do if I can clear out my head or get myself ready for sleep. And one of two things happens. Either I clear up my head and get myself ready for sleep, or I get a really good idea, then I get excited, then I get my laptop and <laughs> then I'm up for a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which actually is, is fun. So I mean I hate to admit it, but sometimes in the middle of the night you get really good ideas and yeah. you can get a lot of work done. Yeah. So I there's... I definitely have banged out some
0: thoughts. Yeah. Uh if I get excited about something. But really if I if I if it's after f- four, and I get really excited about something, I just get up. Yeah.
1: Because why wouldn't you? Right. Get some stuff done. Yeah. I'm curious, listeners, how many of you are up in the middle of the night? I'm like Karen. I can go to bed pretty well. It doesn't take me long to fall asleep. But that middle space getting up is where I struggle all the time.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. We look at each other and think that that's absolutely normal because, look, we both do it. (laughs) It must be. (laughs) We agree. So that must be it. (laughs) We are a sample size of two. It must be right. (laughs) So i'd I'd be really curious to to know if other people have that thing as well uh where would you like people to contact us? Well, I'd like them to check our website of course because that's where they can find
0: the, the recipe, recipe
1: for this amazing uh for this amazing lady boss yeah lady boss is such a beauty and I mean I can't say enough about the aviation label and the it's gin so itself it's so pretty and it's it's just a lovely thing to have on your bar cart and it's it's worth a good cocktail with a friend for sure um, so first they have to go to the website check that see where they want to find us find your favorite social media let us know what keeps you up at night and let us know at if if three thirty and 4 o'clock are your numbers too or is that is that just us?
0: Yeah, I want to I hear what time people are awake. And I want to know what you do about it. And, and truly not like the reducing screen time and having a predictable bedtime. Because reality people, life. Yeah. But, but I want to know what happens and, and if there are successful things.
1: Um, I want to hear about it. And the exciting part, next time we're talking about something else that could keep you up at night. New skills.
0: So both you and I have a love of learning and a love of lifelong learning. And and between your serial hobbyistness and and my love of diving into nonfiction books and learning, constantly learning, uh, we're going to be talking about learning new things. So
1: join us and learn with us next time. Thanks. Cheers.